Hello and welcome to Stringer Podcast number 20. That is all my fingers and toes just to get up to this podcast number. What am I going to do next week? I don't even know. Caroline Schvedt joining us. What better person to join us? Like what a, a bubbly, effervescent, sweet-hearted, kind-souled, genuine individual to help us bring in podcast number 20 than Caroline Schvedt. That's Caroline Schved on Twitter. S-Z-W-E-D is how you spell her last name. So Caroline underscore S-Z-W-E-D on Twitter. At Caroline Schved, all one word, on Instagram. You know her probably from Aftermath on Sportsnet. Or maybe Plays of the Month. Or better yet, my favorite show, Miss Plays of the Month. She joined the Sportsnet cast in the last few months. Before the two of us worked together at Toronto FC. That's how we know each other, and we got to catch up because it had been way too long since last time we'd seen each other. Before we get to Caroline, it's time for the Stringer Big Weekend. What do we have going on this weekend, you might ask? You probably didn't, but I assume you're going to anyway. Friday, April 20th. Hypnosis gone. Well, I've never, have you been to a hypnotist? I've never been to a hypnotist. I haven't watched one perform, and I have never been hypnotized, and it kind of interests me. See hypnotist Dave Curran in this unpredictable night of zany antics as he commands his hypnotized volunteers to act out his every command. It's a little bit naughty, a little bit crazy, and every bit hilarious. Participate on stage or watch from the audience. Either way, it's a show critics are calling a must-see. Who are these critics? I'd love to know, but I'm going to be a critic this week, and I'm going to say you got to see it. You should see it, 10.30 p.m. Friday night at Yuck Yucks, which is 224 Richmond Street West, which is right around the Scotiabank Theater, if you're familiar with that area of town. Saturday, April 21st, this one brings me back to being a kid. You know when those McCain crinkle fry commercials were big, and there was that kid with the glasses that squirted ketchup on them one by one? I don't know why this is what I associate with them. But the Harlem Globetrotters are in town. I think it was a commercial thing. I think the commercials were on at the same time. Dang those guys with those catchy whistle theme musics. I practiced forever to spin a basketball on my finger, and yet I still can't do it. Catch all the high-flying, super snazzy tricks this Saturday at Rico Coliseum, 45 Manitoba Drive. How do you get tickets? Do you want tickets? You're in luck. Head over to SeatGiant.ca and ta-da! Tickets at your basketball-spinning fingertips. And if you use promo code STRINGER, you'll get an extra discount on those sweet, sweet Globetrotter ticks. And guess what? It doesn't just work when trying to do the things I tell you to do. It also works on things I don't tell you to do. So you can use Seat Giant for just about any event you want to attend in Toronto or anywhere else you might be attending or wanting to explore. You can see sporting events, concerts, festivals, and receive a discount on all of it just by using promo code STRINGER. And you thought I was done, but I'm not. We got Sunday, April 22nd, the Toronto Sandwich Festival. This is something I can definitely get behind, especially on a Sunday. Toronto will play host to its premier sandwich celebration, the Toronto Sandwich Fest. The often underestimated sandwich will finally be given the credit it is due as guests experience vendor tastings, wine and beer pairings. That's right up my alley. Shame on you if you don't attend. Seriously, it can't get much better than this. There's your weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Great things to do. Lots of laughs, lots of eats, and hey, maybe a little bit of Harlem Globetrotters in your life. Please remember that you have an event coming up. Anything you want promoted, hit us up on Twitter at Stringer Podcast or email us podcast at the stringers. That's with a Z dot com. If you don't like our ideas, that's cool. You can just visit seatgiant.ca and use promo code Stringer to save a few bucks on all of Toronto's events, whether we pump it on the podcast or not. We done talking. We're done talking. Caroline Schved is right around the corner, but there's only one thing that separates us and her. And if you listen to this before, you definitely know what that is. It's a sax. so important to like promote what you're doing do you know what i mean so it's like always on instagram twitter facebook youtube everything there's like you want to engage with people the best you can but it's so important to like step away from that too and just like instead of having to feel like you have to show the world everything just like 
you so, enjoy. Yeah. I uh, funny enough, six degrees of separation, kind of thing, but like not quite. And I thought of you. I went to get the water that we're drinking and a couple other things from the Shoppers Drug Mart. And I'm walking out and I ran into Akil Augustine and Akil Augustine was our first ever podcast guest. And he's a longtime friend of mine. And he was late. He's like, oh, I'm late. I'm meeting up with Gareth Wheeler because we're heading over to do Raptors 905. Gareth Wheeler, I think, was number 11 on the podcast and your former co-host for TFC HQ. And so as I walked away with a smile on my face, I'm like, oh, this is a neat little circle because I'm going to see Caroline later who's connected to Gareth. Who's connected to Akil, who is connected to my moment in the morning. Caroline Sved on the podcast. Did I say your last name right? You did. You said it better than I said. No, yeah. it's impossible. No, seriously. Now, <laughs> Polish is your background, yep. right? So what letters change? Because it's S-Z-W-E-D. All the letters in the alphabet that shouldn't be beside each other. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell people. I'm like, don't even try. If you were to spell it the way it sounds, it'd be S-C-H-F-E-D. Shved. Shved. Yeah. It's funny, though, that we still say S-C-H. Yeah. Because you know, that's ch. It's so Really. <laughs> but in our head, it makes sense. S-C-H, really. Oh, we know what sound that makes. Funny story. When I played soccer at West Virginia, I think this was my junior year, so my third year, my coach before the game would write all of like the starting lineup on a whiteboard. And she, I looked at the midfield because I played holding center mid and she wrote SVD. And I'm like, oh my God, is that a play? Like an acronym for a play that I didn't study up on. Like we usually get set pieces and I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness, like I'm going through my sheet and I'm like, where is this? Because yeah. it's obviously for my position. And then she's talking to us and like announcing the the starting 11 and she goes, and Sved, you're playing your regular holding midfielder position. I'm like, oh my God, there's not even a vowel in no, there. Like, no, She didn't even care to put, like, S-V-D. Sved. Sved. I got, um, <laughs> in high school, I got one mistype on my name when they posted the hockey roster, and they wrote it Hansley instead of Hansler, and I was Hansley for four years in high school. I don't keep in touch with many people from high school, but I imagine if I saw anyone from high school, Hansley. it would be Hansley. Right away, it would be the first thing out of their mouth. Because it just got posted on that like first day and 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 it just stuck. S V D. If if a play if there was a <laughs> soccer play, like that was the S V D. Oh my god. Uh what would that stand for? I don't even know. No, I would I'm gonna say it's a defensive play. <laughs> okay. Um that like you're on the defensive side of the ball. It's kind of like the opposite of the flying V, you know, the flying V from Mighty Ducks. Yeah. But what you do is you kind of form a cone. And so you trap the player in the middle of the field. Oh, my God. And then you surround them with your tallest center defenders. And then they can't hit it over them. When you're saying that, I'm already thinking why teams haven't even started doing it yet. And maybe once they listen to this podcast, they'll be like, we need to implement the SVD in our, like, <laughs> our right style away. of play. Greg Vanny yes, of Toronto FC is like, oh my goodness, we haven't thought. it. Basically, it's the new parking the bus. Yeah. Right? You know, there was parking the bus. You stick 10 guys in the box oh and one God. guy like floating way up high. This is, the, is, we call it the SVD, and you just kind of lure them into the middle of the park. <laughs> You're welcome, Greg Van. Is, it, he has to rename it the Caroline. Yeah. Like, we all know it as the SVD, but he'll have to rename it the Caroline. Or Shved. That's what you usually Shved. Yeah. Once you can get it down. What are some of the worst ways people have butchered your last name? You know what? It was funny. I was just about to tell you this. When we, when I was also at West Virginia and they were announcing starting lineups, I think we were playing South Florida and they were announcing the starting lineups. USF? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? what? Uh, no, and, you were playing against them. Yeah. Don't well, I, I almost went there, right? So like, I No way. I yeah. I didn't know It was that. between uh, the Gators, USF, Connecticut, and the Mountaineers. I picked WV. You had a couple options now, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, But I chose Mountaineers because they're close to home. So, you know, they? yeah. Family, right? So, so you were you were about to play USF. And they're announcing our starting 11. And they're saying everyone's first and last name. Then you take a step forward. You wave. You know, do your thing. And they go, Caroline. Caroline. And then I step back. And my whole team starts laughing. And I'm like, just at least try. They like, you didn't even up. try. I just like, yeah, my parents named me Caroline Caroline. Like, it was just I hilarious. Would, I would think if you couldn't handle it, like, you just take it the Z altogether. 
right? You just go sweat. Yeah, like, like, got that. Really, got if that. you just get rid of the Z, it's a little less confusing. And at least you get points for trying. And while I was in the U.S., they don't say Z, they say Z. They say Z. So when I first got there, they're, you spell your last name S-Z-W-E-D and they look at you like you have oh, three yeah. heads. S-Z-W-E-D. Yeah, and then O-S-Z. When I came <laughs> back here, it, I had to get back in the habit of saying Z because I feel like it's more common to say Z here. Uh, so yeah, it was just, uh, it's a, it's a wild ride with this last name of mine, but I like you because I can't put you in a box. Okay. Right. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, that's this type of person, that type of person. I'm really drawn to you because I can't put you in a box. And, and I feel like we can just talk about these parts of your life all in my opinion, went to an extreme level before you made a change. So can we talk about your playing career? My playing career. Because your playing career, like you were part of the like the national yeah program. so i had no life growing up but that was my choice like i loved having no life aside from school and soccer i would literally train six times a week my parents are god sent so for six times a week we would drive from oakville to vaughn so my mom and, yeah my d- mom and dad had no life as soon as they were done work they would literally get me from home and go and drive to Vaughn uh, every day. So the gas, could, I can only imagine. What was in Vaughn? Why Vaughn? National Training Center. Oh, right. So yeah, I made the provincial team, made the na- U-17 national team, went and played at the U-17 World Cup in New Zealand. Uh, most incredible experience. New Zealand's my favorite place to go to if you haven't been. Now go. you're saying it really quickly. I know. You're saying it really quickly <laughs> without appreciating the fact that it takes all of oh, like 26 yeah. hours to get there. So without going 26 hours to tell me about the plane ride... Like, really, how incredible is this experience? You know what? You're in New Zealand with the national team. When I was playing soccer, it was my entire life. Like, I put so much into it, um, training. A lot of people didn't necessarily... Like, you find yourself as a kid in a sport sometimes not really, like, loving it. You're doing it because your friends are doing it. Uh, Your parents love to go watch you play. But I truly was, like, extremely passionate about it. I remember once it was a Friday night, and it was in high school, and my friends were having this, like, house party. And my dad's like, Caroline, you got to go. And I'm like, no, I have practice the next morning in Vaughn. And my dad like force drove me to the party. I called you him. You need to get out more. <laughs> yes. My I daughter. Call- yes. And I called him and at like 1030 and I'm like, dad, pick me up. Like I got to go to bed. And he did not. He said, I refuse to pick you up until like midnight. Have a life kid. But I'm like crazy where I'm like, I need eight hours of rest. Mm-hmm. I need to eat, sleep well, uh, train well. Hydrate. Everything, yeah. everything. That's just the way I was programmed. But Alcohol I love it. Alcohol doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Like it really, it doesn't you know help what? you I'm probably any. the one Polish person who like does not drink. So <laughs> I, I swear my dad thinks I'm an outcast. But yeah, so I was just very in tune with my soccer and trained very, very hard. And to get to the U17 World Cup, even though it wasn't with the senior team, was was a dream. Like I think our opening game against New Zealand had 14,000 people. And I was like, I don't know, 16. So it was cool. It was really cool. And then that led to the opportunity to play collegiate soccer at West Virginia University. I've done some work with the women's uh, national program. Mm -hmm. Would you be in the same age group of, say, Shalina Zdorsky? Yeah. So Shalina Shalina was on the U17 team. I'm actually like pretty good friends with her. She's awesome. I'm so happy to see her, you know, continuously play because I think she's only gotten better and better. And I think now she's with Orlando Pride, which is awesome because to be in the American League as a foreign, there's only so many international slots, right? And she's getting one of those slots, which is unbelievable. And I think she's a good little player. Not little. She's a a good little player. She's a good little player. Yeah, you know, she does. She does all right for herself. She's great. So yeah, I played with Shalina Zdorsky. I feel like that's the only one from our U17 team who's on the senior team now. And then along, it's nice to see the Canadian team bringing in a lot of the youth. Even though Christine Sinclair is there and a few other like vets, there's a lot of young girls going in there or women. I love the way that program has fostered leaders. Yeah, I know. Like true, true leaders. And we look at, and I don't want to put it just on one person, but I'm a very big fan of John Herdman's ability to unite people for a common purpose. But there's character traits in these women that predate him coming in as coach. But that program in in an under well, what's been considered an underdeveloped Canadian uh, soccer program, like their ability to lead in industry in their own personal life. You think uh, I think of Karina Labonte, who's now part of the CBC Sports and Olympics. part and part of the Concacaf League of Legends. I'm going to call it, League yeah. of Nations, whatever yeah. it is. That new thing. Uh, she's a big part of that. Which is it's just leader after leader after yeah. leader. Is it sport that does that? Or are we seeing something unique, do you think, within Canada that uh, 
has allowed that over these last 10 or 15 years? Yeah, you know, I think sports has a big part to play in it. That's why I always, you know, whenever I see young kids playing sports, I think it's amazing. Even if it's not sports, if it's an instrument or something that keeps you busy and it teaches you lessons that you can learn later in life, whether it's time management or just a few skills here and there or um, discipline of some sort. Passion. Passion. Like something that feeds passion. Yes. The ability to be creative outside of school and work, right? Which I think is so important to have that like little lens that lets you just do what you want to do, whatever it may be. Um, I think it gives you a lot of skills to become what you want to be after. I think the important thing to when you're an athlete is to understand that your sport is not who you are Mm -hmm. and that when you decide to finish your career or if you have a career ending injury or whatever it may be, that there is something else that you're meant to do and you have the skills to do. It's hard to understand that in the moment because soccer or whatever it may be might be all you know, but soccer or the sport you're playing or the instrument you're playing has given you so many tools to go and do something else and be creative somewhere else. And that's, that's, I think my biggest thing is with, you see these women going on to do what they want to do after sport, they have a lot of skills that they may have not realized because they're finally stepping outside of that athlete bubble and they're able to go on and do other things and be just as successful in them. I hope this isn't a tough question, but is that a lesson you learn Oh my God. Yeah. While still playing or after you finish playing. So third knee surgery that I had, um, we're just going to skip right to three, you know, what <laughs> one and two, one they and were two. quick. Okay. It's like flying to New Zealand. It was not no sweat at all. <laughs> so three surgeries, three knee surgeries all on the same knee, the cartilage in my knee was gone. So they had to take off my kneecap and reimplant my cartilage. sew my kneecap back on, uh, I woke up in a machine that I had to be in eight hours a day that was just bending my knee back and forth for eight weeks straight. Those eight weeks were the worst time of my life. It was, the, it was just, I, I was like, my life is, this can't get any worse right now. And I know people go through a lot worse, but when you're taken out of your sport and you're just in pain and you're miserable, it's just so hard. Um, ended up trying to come back, did really well to come back, got super fit returned to the pitch a week before preseason, blew out my knee again. The cartilage didn't heal properly. Surgeons told me I had to stop playing or else I'd walk with like a cane for the rest of my life. So competitive sports were done. You would brock a cane really well though. Yeah, thank you. Like you I you, think so too. You would have mad swagger with thank a cane. Thank you. I you appreciate that. Me, I'd be like depending on it no. to move. You would be like, yeah, that's right. I actually brought this as an accessory piece. No. Well, so when that happened, it was like, I remember calling my dad and like just crying, like in the closet because I didn't want to hear my like my roommates to hear me upset, just cr- like howling because I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? At that point in time, some of the national coaches came down to West Virginia to talk to me about going in and out of camp. So coming back from my last like red shirt year of collegiate soccer was important, but I had other goals with the Canadian national team to get back on the field. So when you work so hard for something your entire life and it gets taken from you unexpectedly, it's just terrible. And I, I honestly like think I was depressed for a couple of months. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, just like sweating or like screaming. Um, and I dealt with it on my own quietly. Cause I'm not one to like talk about all that stuff, but my mom said something to me that I won't ever forget. And she goes, I can't wait for you to see that there is life beyond soccer. And my dad for me is my soccer guy. So he always kept me calm if I had a bad game or a bad practice because I'd be so hard on myself and he'd be like, it's okay. My mom is so good for me because she understands my passion for soccer, but she also knows my passion for life. Right. And, uh, she really helped me realize that there's, uh, you know, I got my undergrad, I got my master's, uh, I can go out into the world and start a career and maybe still talk about soccer, do something with soccer. I may not play it, but there's still something I could do. So I definitely learned that, uh, you know, everything that I learned, every, every single thing that I've done with soccer has helped me not only like do what I'm doing, but the fundamental skills of like, waking up and having to be somewhere on time and waking up early and understanding that I might have a day like yesterday where I woke up at 5 a.m. and I got home at 11, 17 p.m. But that's life. And soccer's taught me that. And you have to keep going and you have to be positive and you can't be grumpy and you have to appreciate everything and to deal with people and to just be positive. And those are skills that um, I don't know if I would have necessarily learned and understood as well if it wasn't for sport. I believe like wholeheartedly. If you're going to say what I think you're going to say, I'm going to be so happy. 
Oh no, I'm not. What are you going to say? No, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you down. I'm Everything sorry. Everything happens for a reason? No, oh. I wasn't going <laughs> to. my friends say I'm so I believe, <laughs> Caroline, that everything happens for... Actually, I can talk on that for a second. I actually believe that you can find reason in which everything happened, which is a really weird way to flip it. Yeah, I need to think about that. And, and my take on it is that there isn't a predetermined destination for us to to attain which means when something happens to us it's not because it was meant to happen in order for us to grow but it means we can find reason in why it happened we can examine it look back on it and then we can encourage ourselves to grow from that right and we can see what we went through and learned and experienced and and we can do one of two things i've brought this up a couple times on the podcast people might be sick of hearing it um there's a document very short hbo documentary series called the defiant ones which is the story of dr dre mainly but also i heard that is unbelievable oh, caroline should i go home and do caroline please if you have the time it's i think about 90 minutes an episode No, i've heard amazing things about this so it's the the story of dr dre contrasted against who's going to later in life be his producer and really business partner uh jimmy iovine And Jimmy Iovine in the first episode uses this quote that I'll never, ever forget. And he said, I had to learn to take fear and turn it from a headwind into a tailwind, meaning that I couldn't allow fear to prevent me from doing what I wanted to do. I had to realize that I'm always running from fear and that I'm doing what I'm doing so that I don't get sucked back. And I don't fail and I keep that all behind me. And it's turning, as I said, fear from a headwind to a tailwind. I need to watch that because I feel like it's so relatable. Two of the most brilliant minds, like you look at what Jimmy Iovine did and, and explores this later on. But first, like he was the producer of some of the greatest records to ever come out in the 80s. Um, you think of U2, you think of Tom Petty, Patti Smith. Uh, like he did so much. And then... He turned it and opened up his own label and he just brought in all these oddballs, but they were all names like everyone's heard of Nine Inch Nails, everyone's heard of Marilyn Manson, everyone's heard of Dr. Dre, Yep. right? And then out of Dre, you get Eminem and you get 50 Cent. And you get, I, I, I have to say 50 cent. Go shawty. Like, I can't it's say, your birthday. I, I had this discussion with a friend. I can't say fitty. fitty. Like I, I want to, but you can't, but I can't, I, I have it. to say 50, it's 50 cent. Um, <laughs> but it's just amazing when, when you have an idea and you, and you pursue it and you work towards it, that you can manifest it with enough work. And that's what I was going to say is that. One of my core beliefs is that you can attain anything with enough work. Mm-hmm. And I believe those who take sport seriously or or study or any other mm-hmm. discipline learn that. And that's what you spoke to. When you have a morning that starts at 5 a.m. and ends sometime between 11 and 12 at night, that's because you have been trained or you've trained yourself to appreciate hard work. Exactly. And that's the thing is like some people might be like, oh, that's a long day. You must be exhausted. And of course it is tiring, right? Like you're only human and coffee can only help you so much. But I'm, you know, I'm at wherever I am and I'm like, I'm so lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Like this doesn't even feel like work. Like, yes, you're kind of like you hit a wall at some point, but it's like you work hard and you also reap the benefits of it afterward. Like I came home yesterday and I'm like, okay, that was a long day, but man, like I got to ring the bell at the freaking WWE show and be the timekeeper. <laughs> that was awesome. Really? Yeah. I got to walk out. So, uh, where, when we, this, do we get to see this somewhere? Yeah. Is I think this it, going might be to be? On, it might be on aftermath. I can't speak. You don't know. Yeah. 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 Sure. But, um, it's so, in there. It was caught on it was camera. Caught on, and I had to walk down like the little ramp. Right. And I was so nervous. Cause you, if anyone knows me, like I'm the clumsy, you, I, there's no way I was a division one collegiate athlete athlete or a national team athlete. I don't know how I made it in sports, but like I'll walk into a wall, a desk, I'll fall. So my main goal was to just smoothly walk down that ramp. And, and? I did. Okay, perfect. I did. And I rang the bell pretty well, I think, for my first time. So like, it's just like little moments like that or seeing a bunch of TFC fans at Rico Coliseum. And I started a TFC chant, right? Because I'm crazy and I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just like, yeah, it was a long day, but it's so worth it. I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I love it. Um, and it's just, you know, like you said, working hard and appreciating everything. There's a lot of photos 
that are very flattering of you. But my favorite one, you bring up clumsiness and it was from your playing days. Do you remember yep. which one I'm going to say? I think I'm like face planning, you're right? Face, yep. You're face and down. And there's nothing and no one around me. No, you are alone <laughs> in a green pasture known as the pitch. And you're just, you're just completely down, yeah, facing yeah. the grass. I remember once when I was playing with the provincial team, I was just running like in the game along the sideline and I fell and someone's like, the white line trip you? And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it's true. How do I do these <laughs> things? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah, 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 jerk. Maybe yeah. it did. <laughs> what no. do you know? Yeah. Too far away. You don't even know me. Yeah. yeah. So mind your own business. Yeah. No, that's funny. I totally, I totally agree with him. I started laughing, I think, cause I'm like, you know, I, there was a moment during uh, the Toronto FC playoffs last year, <laughs> and I can't remember. Maybe it was right before. I can't remember what night it was, but it was raining. The weather wasn't nice, and a great goal was scored. And, you know, they, they tend to curl right or left for their celebration. When you're facing the net, if you curl right, you would generally run into me. If you curl left, I have to go running for them. And so I'm like bombing it down in front of the supporter end and I've got my camera in my right hand and I'm destined to get this incredible celebration. It's all rubber matting on, on the one end. And when you get rain on it, it's like friggin' slick. And I caught myself. And so my right hand holding my camera goes straight up in the air because I'm like, I can't break yeah, this. You can't break it. And I just like fall to the ground in a heap of shame. And I startled a security guard who could do nothing but laugh. Yeah. And I don't hold it against him for laughing because I probably would too. And I probably looked like the most ridiculous human holding a big giant film camera in the right hand and like scraping the crap out of my arms and knees in the other. Like, you think you probably look ridiculous. I probably would think it's still impressive that you managed to hold up a camera with one hand. Oh, I thought it was going down. But like, that's still impressive. Arm strength. <laughs> Arm strength. Or it's like the adrenaline. You hear those stories where it's like, man lifts a helicopter to save someone's yeah. life. When you have to buy and purchase all your own film equipment, you are very aware of how much it would cost to replace it if you're a dumbass and slipped <laughs> on rubber matting because you want to run for a celebration. Oh, Clay, what are you doing today? I have to go take out a loan to pay for my camera. You yeah. think I'm joking? No, I know. Straight up, stupid thing. Yeah, I feel like I have to take out a loan to get like a bag of almonds at Loblaws <laughs> these days. This, like everything is so expensive. I went to, I remember when I first came back to Canada, I went to go and see how expensive almonds were. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even care about being healthy. I'm pretty sure it's $8.99 for like a 400 gram bag or something. I have almonds in the other room. If you want no, some, okay. I'll bring them to you. But you yeah, you know what? I want to eat healthy. Like I'm conscious about it, but it costs a lot of money Yeah, and I can still go to the dollar menu at McDonald's and be full until dinner. Do we have the dollar menu in Canada? We did. When I came back, there wasn't like, and what did I come back two and a half years ago? Since when have you eaten McDonald's? Oh my Give God. Oh my God. Clay. Really? What are some I, of your... Oh my goodness. Okay. So now I don't eat pork or beef. I Okay. I was a vegetarian for, I think, a year and a half and I started... I, I was I was two, for about a year. Yeah. Interesting. And I need to start eating chicken because now I'm pretty active and I needed more protein, right? Mm -hmm. So I eat chicken and salmon. I wish I didn't eat chicken. It's very... Like, I don't eat it often. And so I don't eat pork and beef anymore. But when I was at West Virginia, I think I ate McDonald's like four times a week. We trained so much that I was like, whatever, I can mm -hmm. go and splurge. Mm -hmm. We also trained from the hours of like 1.30 and 8 p.m. So we skipped dinner altogether. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to go to a drive-thru or subway right after practice and eat and then go home and try and find time to actually do our homework. What are you eating off the dollar menu? What was your go-to? <laughs> two, two cheeseburgers if it's yeah. from the dollar menu. Normally a Big Mac combo with a four-piece nugget, sweet and sour sauce, Coca-Cola. Always Coca-Cola, because like it does not get better than a cold Coca-Cola. Sometimes a cheeseburger and a McChicken. I love how you don't say Coke. It's Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. It's Coca-Cola. You know what? When I came because back... Because 1960. I know. I know. I'm so weird. And Or I would say soda when I first came back, and people were oh, like, Oh, of course. No, that no, that no, makes no, complete it's sense. It's not soda. Um, or a McChicken and a cheeseburger. Always eat the cheeseburger first, then the McChicken. Priorities. Yes. And if it's not McDonald's, I'd always, A&W is my favorite, like fast food. Oh, interesting. I love A&W, but they didn't, they didn't have any where I lived. My McDonald's go-to, it's funny, but you did what I did, I think, is I'd go, I always go nuggets instead of fries. 
Oh, but I'd get the fries and nuggets. Oh, do you really? A combo oh. with a side of four-piece nuggets. Oh, I love four-piece nuggets. They're so, so good. good. It's just like the perfect I do know dipping sauce because, I'm cut. first of all, I make a mess of it. That's, that's Clayton's like kryptonite is yes. if there's any sort of sauce, drink, liquid, semi- liquid whatever gel it's all down my shirt like that's that's the end and it'll come at the with the most random things that you're like wow there's even sauce in that oh yeah i found a way for like (laughs) the cream cheese in my bagel to spill down my shirt and leave a stain that's with me for the that's why if you look behind me i have like half a closet (laughs) hanging on my coat on my coat rack because i will purposefully wear a shirt in the morning and then take it off put on a t-shirt when I get to work and I leave it on my coat rack. Be like, just in case you have one of those days. Now you have a button up shirt. Well, you've learned, right? Lessons yeah, learned, well, life lessons. Sometimes you learn how to prevent things. Other times you just learn how to set yourself up to like make up for it. Down you, the road. you know what I found out yesterday that if you drive through Tim Hortons, you can get a Timbit for your dog for free. Does Cash eat Timbits? Well, he will now <laughs> because like, he cash goes everywhere with me okay like he whenever i even go down the street to a shopper's drug mart he'll be in my car just for the ride because he loves the car and like anytime i can bring him anywhere with me i bring him and now i will purposely always and anytime he's in the car we will go to tim hortons now cash we're not referring to the man in yeah, black sorry. or <laughs> the multi-platinum record selling uh artist yeah. we obviously are talking about your adorable dog and this is a perfect gateway for us to talk about something you're so passionate about and something that we connected on, I think immediately uh, when when we first met, whatever it was, two years ago. So I'm a crazy dog lady um, and I... I always grew up with dogs, but I've always loved animals. My parents are just awesome and always let me have a dog growing up. But when I was in West Virginia, done playing, worked there for a few years after I graduated, I just one day left work a little early and it was a Friday and I'm like, I'm going to drive to Charleston, which was about three hours from Morgantown. I'm like, and I'm going to rescue a dog today. That's what I'm going to do. I was not prepared. I didn't have anything. And I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm so, I'm, I just wanted a dog. I really wanted to rescue one. Um, and I just went and I wanted to get an older dog because typically they're the most like you know they're no one wants an older dog and I felt really bad for them and I went and I went through the puppy section and I saw Cash his name wasn't Cash his name was Waylon that's still actually a really wicked really name. Good name and it's funny because I'm pretty sure Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash roomed together for that, a while that's, yeah that's actually really crazy now yeah. that you think about that um, I saw him all the puppies were barking Cash was so sad and my heart right like yeah. my heart just died so I was like oh can I look at this dog they said he's really really sick so you know and I'm like okay I don't care like I want him and I remember actually once when I was filling out the paper, some guy walked by and they're like, that's the dog you're going to get. And I'm like, it sure is. Mm. Um, And he had pneumonia, bronchitis. I later found out he had worms, everything. And he was two months and I believe five pounds. So just like a really sick puppy. So when I got him, came straight home, went straight to PetSmart, bought everything I needed for him. And uh, I remember at night he would always be like coughing and sneezing and he had mucus. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this dog's not going to last. So I let him sleep with me and he would like nuzzle right on my neck and sleep on my neck. So I was like, that's how some... you get pneumonia. Oh, this is screwed. totally adorable. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, I don't know. And then I feel like that's where people don't understand like when they see me being so close with cash, like we really formed a bond Mm -hmm. at that moment because I truly think like he felt very safe with me Mm -hmm. and he knew I was helping him. Dogs are really smart. And I just like my heart just melted for him. I'm like, this dog needs to make it through. And he was on antibiotics for a solid six to seven months, got cured of everything, but the antibiotics stopped the growth of his teeth. So some came out black and the other ones got stuck in his gum. So he had really bad infection. All of his teeth had to be pulled. And now his tongue hangs out all the time, which is like my... know the story behind yeah. it. I always saw it and it's yes. adorable. Yep. But I never so, knew the story behind it. Yeah, so I needed to get his teeth extracted. I don't even think he realizes he doesn't have teeth. He's no, just a happy, not. happy, happy dog. Uh Honestly, like he's my best friend. I know that's weird saying because like dogs don't talk to you. But I always say no matter what, I can have a long day. I can have a bad day. I could have a great day. I come home and I'm happy because this dog is just so joyful. He makes me laugh. Like it's just nice to go out for a walk with your dog. Um, And anywhere I can bring him, I bring him. Now, was that the start of your being more outward? 
when yes. it comes to I, I can't phrase yeah. it like no, it's, a, it's like I'm bre- broaching this huge subject but really it, was it that was that the catalyst that that made you a little more aware of of the help that humane societies need and, and various pounds and rescue centers 100% because I've always had you know a love like I said a love for animals and I, everyone knows that there's a lot of animals in the shelter but rescuing cash and seeing how much love he has and honestly how dependent he is on me for like that love and attention and how he always wants to be around me and how good he is. I always say, I can't imagine if I ever get any more dogs, which I'm sure I will. I will not that every dog deserves a good home. Right. I'm 100% people who go and get a dog from a breeder, you know, those dogs deserve a home just as much, but like I would never be able to go and not go to the shelter and get one because those dogs aren't really given a chance. Um, and it's funny cause my parents might be getting a dog soon and my, and they, we always grew up with bull mastiffs. So they love bull mastiffs. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, she's like already looking at bull mastiff rescues and shelters. And she goes, that's the way we're going to get one. It makes me so happy. Or I have people reaching out to me on Instagram or coming up to me in person, they're like, you know, we never really thought about the adopt, don't shop. But now when we get a dog, which could be in the coming months, like we've been visiting shelters. I'm like, that makes me so happy. So there's one just a couple blocks from here. The Toronto Humane Society is at uh, King and River, mm-hmm. essentially, or Queen and River, right around there, right near the Don Valley Parkway. And that's where I found Margaret or Maggie, which is my dog. And I mm-hmm. grew up always, like every pet I've had was always been a rescue. It was just... Love it. I, I, I never... So the idea, our, our first cats when I was young, um, I never, I wasn't, wasn't old enough to appreciate the fact that these animals don't have a home mm-hmm. or they've been abandoned or they've been abused or whatever. Right. Uh, it just was like, you get to go to the place where all the animals are, which as a kid is amazing. Like it's like a zoo in which you don't have to pay. Yeah. You can't pet all of them, but you yes. can see all of them. Uh, and you might be able to take one home. It's incredible. But um, <laughs> Best day ever. Maggie, and this is something that's interesting and something I'm really proud of uh, when you look at the SPCA and, and various organizations throughout Canada is Maggie came up from Georgia. She was she was found on the streets in Atlanta, which actually sounds pretty badass. Georgia. Yeah. She, whoa. First of Georgia. all, uh, we'll get, uh, we wanted to name her. Like we wanted her to have an old time name because her name was Jennifer at the time. And we we're like, we can't call her Jennifer. Like I have Jenny. a, co- I have, I have a cousin so many, named like, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> I love you, Jenny. Um, That's, sorry. My mind just we goes wanted, so many places. I'm totally on board. We can do this all day. We wanted an old timey name and how we ended up with, I know how we ended up with Margaret Which is and still we didn't so just good. go Georgia. Like it, we were a weekend and we were like, why didn't we go with Georgia? No, like the, I think I love human made more names sense. for dogs. Love human names for dogs. It was uh, it was actually either going to be Margaret or Jordan. And it was named after a character from uh, the newsroom whose name is Maggie Jordan, which that's how we ended up with Margaret. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Newsroom character, which no one would ever guess. But she, much the same, was very sick. Very, very mm-hmm. sick. And she was very quiet and very fearful at first. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because you get an animal and you almost want it to bring instant joy because I think yes. that's how we're, we're programmed as humans. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, I bought you. Make me happy. And she was scared at first and almost right away I had to go away on business. And so I was gone for a couple of days and she had no idea who I was. But I remember the first time it was winter and or it was like, yeah, November. The snow was on the ground and we took her to the, this little park area and we we're alone and we we're like, we're not going to let her off, but we'll just drop the leash. And she was like the happiest Mm -hmm. being in the world just to run around and just to like be free. And I'll never forget that. And so every time now, like I, I I say share in the nicest way because my ex takes all the responsibility and I get her like in these really great one day things. But I love being able to let her off the leash and then just run around or she'll come visit the office sometimes and she just runs around, runs around, runs around, runs around. And I love that moment. Um, and the, why I'm so proud of the SPCA uh, and all the various organizations that, that Canada has is because in Georgia, they have kill shelters, yeah. which I don't want to put a, down any way of doing things. 
because it's not my right to, but they bring up animals when shelters are at critical limits. So it, like, it's not like animals have a ticking time bomb on them where it's like, oh, you got two weeks or that's it. But when they get to critical limits, they, they can only do so exactly. much. And so then you have these these other shelters just taking them off their hands to bring them down to, to a more... But that's And that's exactly why I, I always say like, go and em- empty the shelters. And of course, like the dogs that are being bred, yes, they need a home, but th- the dogs in the shelters don't have, like they kind of do have a time mm-hmm. limit, you know? And it makes me so sad because it could be a Maggie, it could be a Cash. And you see how jo- much joy, like they bring us joy just going off of a leash and running. Because yeah. see- we see them and we're like, oh my God, they're living their best life. They're so happy in this moment. Freaking catching a ball that you throw, right? Right, and that naturally that brings you so much joy. So one day, if when I win the lottery, because it has to happen, dog I farm? would literally open up a dog farm like yeah. yesterday, yeah. like right. Oh, not even a dog farm, just a farm for animals. Uh, you know, just anything I could do to help save animals. And it just breaks my heart because I I always say to my mom like I feel like I need to do more, and she's like, at this moment in time, like you've saved cash, like you've. Mm-hmm helped give cash a life. Um, you've done like what you can right now, but I'm like, there's gotta be other ways. And I'm thinking about like doing this little vlog with cash. Cause it's funny because the only people who follow me, the most responses I get about it, the only about people dad, that follow me, my dad's beard, my dad's beard is the most popular thing on my the social Polish media. Godfather. Yes. Yeah. And cash, which I love. Anytime right. someone tweets me or writes me on Instagram saying, Post, post something of cash. We miss seeing cash. It literally makes my heart sing because I'm like, he just deserves all the spotlight. Right. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to do a little vlog with him. And what I want to do is reach out to people who have rescued animals and tell their animal story and tell, and tell their story about why they wanted to rescue and how it's changed their animal's life and changed their lives. Just to get people's stories out there because I feel like hearing, you know, Maggie's story, it's heartwarming. Hearing Cash's story, heartwarming. And I think people need to see like the benefits of rescuing and, and how not only it benefits you, but dogs are, have, you know, it's a life. Mm -hmm. It's a a gentle soul. They're so innocent. It could not, it could be a cat. It could be anything. Just turtle rabbit. I spoke to Alexa bliss. I Um, I thought you were going to say I spoke to a turtle the other day and I was like, Oh, you know, you never know with me. I (laughs) wouldn't (laughs) doubt it. Uh, Alexa bliss, who's a super WWE superstar and she adopted a deaf pig and now she is a pig. Incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, so we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, So it's just, it makes me so happy. I want to, because you bring up the WWE, I want to talk about your career move because (laughs) it feels like we haven't gotten really out of soccer yet. Uh, But before I do, we talk about ways in which we can help. There are local uh, humane societies close to you, no matter where you're listening uh, to this from. So please, you can donate as little as like five or $10 a month. Uh, You think of the fact that this goes towards medical treatment, goes towards food. If you don't have time in order to give an animal, you can definitely make a very low donation. It goes a really long way. You can be a foster parent, in which case animals stay with you for only a really short amount of time as where they don't need to be in the control of a humane society environment. It can go to a home, but they still need regular medical attention, Mm -hmm. in which case uh, you would be bringing them back once a week or once every couple days so they can get treatment, but they need to be in a loving environment for a couple months before they're ready to be adopted or obviously adopt. Don't shop. And it's, I know this sounds cliche, but it's like the best decision I ever made. And I I have a lot of things in my life that make me happy, but adopting Cash and, and helping him was the best thing I did. Ever. So he, I would imagine, was completely behind your decision to get into broadcasting when you left school. Because he's cash. Cash. He yeah. seems like a really supportive character. He's the freaking best. Oh my God. Like, honestly, when I'm writing scripts, because I host plays and misplays for sport, sports, when I'm writing my own scripts, he will literally come and sit beside me. So I'll bring a chair beside me at my table and he will sit on the chair beside me and just stare at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Read. And I'm like, he's reading. Some, he's proofreading. He is. I'm like, Cash, I always put on my Insta stories. I'm like, Cash is helping me write this week's script. Um, or sometimes he'll just stare at me and like, I know he doesn't mean to, but he's just, he winks at me. Like, you know, classic mm-hmm. one eye yeah. wink. And I feel like obligated to wink back because I'm yeah. like, we have like, we just made a secret pact. You know uh, what I mean? 100%. Like, we are on the same level yeah. right now. He's like, Caroline, this joke is good. <laughs> yeah. Wink. And you're yeah. like, thanks. I know. Like, wink. I know. 
They don't know what's coming for them. What's funny is that this is a podcast, but I am actually winking. Yeah, I know. We both just a, did. We're definitely <laughs> winking back and forth. No one can see that but us. Yeah. You had to come back north of the border. Mm-hmm. And it was right before I imagine when I imagined that like the timeline of your life, it was right before all these new great things were about to happen. But you would open up to me I, a couple times ago when I saw you, I didn't realize that that was actually a tumultuous time in your life because you hadn't planned it. It's not like my whole plan was to be like, okay, and now I'm going back to Canada. Yeah, no. So what happened was, is um, I had a working visa in the U.S. and Something happened with immigration. They gave me the wrong one. I tried to renew it. Um, it wasn't the right one. So I f- found out I had to leave. At that moment in time, though, like I knew that I wanted to get back to Canada. You know, I'm very close with my parents. And I know as I get older, they're not getting any younger. And my brother has three little girls. So I missed a lot of life in the eight years that I was in West Virginia. Not life, but life with my family. And like I said, family is like the most important thing to me. So when that happened, I kind of took it as a sign. But it was crazy because I had to sell my condo in the U.S., quit my job because I had to, and then flip my life over to Canada. Um, Came back home. It's kind of a scary transition because you realize that all your connections are in the U.S. Everything you've known has been in America. And it's like... I'm saying soda every time I speak. Yeah, I'm saying soda. I'm saying y'all. Um, I'm saying uh, everything. You, I'm speaking in out. West Virginia accent. Out. Mom, mm-hmm. mom, where are my socks? And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved my American accent. It, it sometimes comes and goes, but like I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, it was a tough time. But like and this goes back to the skills that sports give you. I was like, you know what? I have to pick it up. Like this isn't a time to, you know, sleep and feel sorry for myself because this is life. And really this isn't a bad situation. Like I wanted to come back home. It happened quicker than I anticipated and a lot crazier, but I'm in a good position. I have my health. I have my family. Um, I have my degrees figure it out. Then I eventually ended up getting a job at CBC sports as an AP, uh, then I ended up getting the Toronto FC social host position, which was incredible because my dad and I have been like a longtime fans since day one. Then I ended up getting a full-time position at CBC Music. Uh, so I was working both full-time at CBC Music and Toronto FC part-time, which was crazy, but it was like a good crazy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm fortunate enough to be uh, on-air personality at Sportsnet. You teamed up with a former colleague of mine when you went to CBC Music, which was exciting. <laughs> Monica. And Monica. Yes! Platex. So... I knew Monica before I started at MLSE and then her and I worked together for like three years and holy smokes, what a force. I And I say that not in, in a, as if she's abrasive in any such way because she isn't, but we talk about work ethic and having an in, like internal engine and just being able to drive forward. I have been lucky enough to call her a friend as I see her keep moving forward and keep moving forward and inspiring a new group and working oh with a new group. I can't say enough good things about Monica. First of all, I feel like we're Polish soul sisters. She's Polish. And I feel like somehow we're related down this. And honestly, if you you're probably Pol- are. We probably are. Yeah. She's like the OG of sports media. And I feel like the she started a lot of what's happening um, in Toronto with sports. And because she was the first Toronto Maple Leafs in arena host. And... Beyond that, she's just the best woman in this industry because she's supportive and she just like gives you the best advice and she'll tell you stories of what and you can learn from her stories and she actually genuinely cares about you and your career and she's like my she's my friend she was my coworker. um she's like a mentor to me and she has a she's a daughter right so she's married she has a daughter and she's doing all of this she and is, she commutes she, yes she can oh my god she commutes like she's just everything she's the total package uh, um her husband is amazing her family is amazing her work is amazing i can't speak enough like if if i could be someone in my future it's it's my mom and it's monica in like one person seriously because they are amazing women momica mom yes momica who do you want to be when it's you're older momica. Mom- momica inside joke definitely <laughs> wink yeah oh uh, you get me there yeah the two of you i think bring a lot of positivity into the room Uh, or into any conversation but have you found like when you talk about her 
you know, telling you stories about what has gone on and what has happened and being able to learn from, did you find that with every, uh, this is kind of a loaded question because I think we both know where it's going. How do you deal with competition? Because she could be very competitive, but she chooses to be very supportive. Well, this is why Monica and I get along so well, because we have the exact same mentality where we don't feel the need to compete with anyone because it's not about that for us. Um, I think if anything, we compete with ourselves. And that's what I was saying when I was on the International Women's Day panel for real sports is that. And soccer taught me this. Like, I would never compete against my teammates because at the end of the day, we're all trying to accomplish one common goal, which is win, win our conference championship, win the NCAA tournament. And that's the exact same thing in the workplace. Women are trying to accomplish one common goal, and that's just to create an an equal platform. So when I see someone doing really well, like Monica, you know, Andy Petrillo, I love Andy Petrillo, Rachel Bonetta, we were talking about her. It makes me happy. And if anything, I look at their work and I'm like, how can I learn to do what they do? I think Andy Petrillo is one of the most fluid broad. I think she's incredible. Incredible. Like she's just a wealth of knowledge. The amount of studying she must do and how it comes off so naturally on camera is just amazing. And Rachel Bonetta, one of the funniest personalities while still being informative is awesome. Monica doing everything under the sun and being successful, right? I'm looking at that. I'm like, wow, that motivates me to make me better, not trying to be better than anyone else. I'm trying to make myself better. And Monica and I really bonded over that because we don't see each other as competition, right? Like when I told her that I got the job at Sportsnet, I've never seen someone so happy for me, you know, such a big hug. She'd call me, ask me how it's going. If there's anything that I needed. Um, and that's what I would be to anyone. If I one day, you know, progress in my career, if anyone needed anything, I would feel the need to be that way too, because it's not about competing. And it's the same thing. Like I see men doing well in the industry. It's not like, Oh, I need to be better than he is. Right. Of course. Right. It's, it's for me, it's like, if I mess up a word on aftermath because I stuttered or I didn't like the way I looked, uh, saying something on plays or misplays because it could have been more fluid. I'm practicing by myself in the mirror at home, uh, figuring out what I need to do to be better, Mm -hmm. not better than somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. It's, how do I make myself better the next time I come on air? What I've never understood, and and first of all, you you bring up a great point that it's not just looking at Annie Petrillo or Monica mm-hmm. or Rachel and saying, you know, picking up things from them. You have a great way of incorporating everyone into it because the idea is in being better than a guy. It's, as you said, it's creating an equal platform or just saying like, hey... I want to collaborate. That's why in my head, whenever I see some of the greatest people in my field, I don't think I want to be better than them. I'm like, hey, I want to work with them. Yes. Like why compete when you can collaborate? Mm-hmm. And especially in an evolving lands- uh, sports landscape where there is obvious reason for why it should not be a male-dominated panel or broadcast or just media room at all i love the idea of being like why can't we collaborate yeah why why must i be just this person why can't we all just sit down and do one big thing together that's what that's what i was like i want that stereotype to end and i also like i was asked on the um the panel i was asked were you nervous going into a male dominant industry and i was like i never i don't enter sport or work Thinking, thinking that I'm, I'm entering a male dominant industry. I'm not because I'm like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do everything I need to do to to get to the next level. And it's a lot of work and it's not always going to be, you know, easy breezy. Like there's going to be off days and you're going to need to know how to deal with them. But I'm not thinking I need to, to, to compete with men or women. I'm just doing me and whatever happens, it's going to happen. And as long as I work hard and I try and like excel my craft, that's all that I can do. And that's all that makes me happy because it's not about who's to my right or who's to my left. Interesting. I'm going to try this. See if it works because it's the, I'm like, I'm going out on a limb here. Okay. Man or woman, name three of the best people you've worked with. And this is no disrespect to any of the other people that, that, that you've worked with. Um, Monica Platek. Hey, Mon. Momica. Momica. Um. My thought here wasn't to put you on a spot, and I'm sorry if I it's did. Okay. No, no, it I'm was just an idea. To... The idea was that no matter who you go to and who you've worked with, 
regardless of gender or experience yeah. or whatever, you can always feed off them and learn something from them and become better when the two of you team up. Well, it's true because I was even thinking about like footy talks. I, I host a show sometimes live in Toronto called footy talks. May 3rd. Yeah. Are you hosting May 3rd? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amazing. The, That's coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, It's so much fun. And like, there's so many people on the panel, Laura Armstrong, Gareth Wheeler, Brendan Dunlop, James Sharman, KJ. And it's just like this collective fun conversation of just a group of people. No one's like, Oh, she's a woman. She's talking about sports. Oh, he's a guy, you know, he's talking about, it's not that you're just a group of friends talking about, um, whatever may come up and it is so enjoyable and it is so funny. And I always said, listening to Brendan Dunlop, James Sharman, I think it was Thomas Dobby, uh, KJ. And I believe that was it, uh, talking. I was like, I could have listened to them talk for two hours because it was the funniest thing I have ever heard. And I wasn't in that conversation at that time, but am I upset that I wasn't in that conversation? No, like give them credit. They're hilarious guys talking about soccer, right? Like that's not a moment to be jealous and be like, Oh, why am I not in that conversation? Why no. aren't I included? Yes. Why isn't my mic turned on? Yes. And that's what it shouldn't be about. It's like people have their time. People have their moment. Um, I freaking would love to do something with those guys in soccer because that's, you know, they know a wealth of knowledge. Soccer is like my jam. I think it'd be hilarious. And who knows what, what could happen in the future? The world cups right around the corner who knows what could happen but i'm just like exactly along your lines collaborate do stuff together it's not a competition have mm -hmm. fun i think when people have fun people listening or people watching can tell and right. that's what and makes they feed it off more, that. that's what makes the conversation and the segment more attractive and that's why this conversation has been so much fun yeah. because I've had fun with it. Yeah. You're still smiling. Yeah, I'm you always smiling. You, you, you're always. It I is know. very true. You haven't <laughs> fallen over yet. I feel like we have so much more we can talk about. So yeah. would you come back? Yeah. Maybe sometime. Wait, would can you we, have me? Can, can we do a part two? Would you have me though? I would totally have okay. you. Because I, I, I sort of cut you off and started singing Georgia and Jenna. Georgia. <laughs> So I don't know if Georgia. you're going to have it, if you'd want me back. Oh yeah. We'll totally do this again okay. because I feel again, we're just scratching the surface I know, right? as There's to so what we can talk, talk about. about. Um, adopt, don't shop. There's three things we learned here. Yeah. Adopt, don't shop. Collaborate, don't compete. Yes. I love that. And May 3rd footy talks. Yeah. And like aftermath. Plays of the month, uh, yeah. uh, uh, misplays of the month. Yes. Where else can you have a new website that just started up? Yeah. You know, so I, I wanted to do something like we were talking about, like your own creative lens. And um, I love doing things that people might not care about, but I care about. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I try and focus on. So I'm just having fun with it. A website just could be like a little content hub. I'm going to do some videos. Um down like in a few weeks from now started one with my dad called soccer scoops he's more popular than i can even imagine uh and yeah i'm just i'm just having fun i'm just creating my my little lens and and going with it now a recent piece you put up was an open letter to your mom yes if you can tease it out without giving it away okay um at the international women's panel they asked me which woman inspires me most? Of course, my answer is my mom because she's incredible. And her and my dad's story about how they came to Canada is unbelievable. Maybe we'll save that for episode two. And I, I want to do something more along those lines for them. But she's just an incredible person. And if I could be half the mom, woman, career woman that she is, I uh, would be find myself successful in life because she's just amazing. Part of the top five most influential women in my life, uh, I would have to go with Catherine Stefankovic, uh, Annie Petrillo, definitely Monica Platek, and Caroline Schwedt. Oh, 100%, Clay, you don't have to say line. me. 100%. Just because I'm here? No, 100%. Oh, 100%. I think uh, you have helped me in us working together bring a lot more positive angle to what I'm doing and appreciating. Not that I don't appreciate what I do, but it, there are long days. There yeah. are some really, really long days and long weeks and being able to take a moment, take a breath, appreciate where you are, appreciate the great privilege we have to be speaking about, um, whether it's sports or whether it's, um, the advancement of women within sports yeah. or any industry, or just being able to sit down and talk about uh, things that affect us in our life. I think it's a great privilege. And you help me see that regularly. You have to promise me one thing. Maybe. When we do the second episode, you have to let me ask you a few questions because I think people need to know about what you do. And you want, how you want awesome to flip the script next and time? And how awesome you are. I'm not awesome. You are but awesome. You, you want to flip the script next time? Yeah, let's flip 100%. the script. 100%. Deal? Deal. Okay. I promise you.
Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come in with like a clipboard and questions. Do it. Okay, I do everything with it without a clipboard. Though. I know because you're that good. See, this no, is exactly why kind we, of need intimidating. Have the, we need to have the uh, the podcast for you. But you can bring the clipboard. No one will say. Okay, yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, Clay. Jesus, you just threw me under the freaking bus. No one would have known. No one would have known. <laughs> I fell for that. Yeah, right. Okay, so second episode about 100%. Clay. Now we like to end things the exact same way because I'm all about. Uh, a big mission right now in my life is paying paying attention to the small ways in which you can help yourself mm-hmm. in order to improve yourself and have a better outlook on life and everything you're with. So we end the very last thing that's said is I say, please be good to yourself and you'll say and eat your vegetables. Will you help me with this? I just say eat your vegetables. Yeah, and eat your vegetables, okay. right? Okay. So And stay in the present. And say, oh, you can, yeah, you can totally add. We had someone do their whole, they wouldn't even hear what I wanted to say. They're like, can we just do one version? It was Megan Robinson, who's an incredible individual you have to meet. They're like, can we do one version where I just make up what the end is? I'm like, 100%. Yeah. And it was great. Okay. So that's it. Caroline Schved wrapping up. There's going to be more to come. Yeah. We're sure of it. Yeah. But until then. We might even drop out a mixtape. So stay tuned. But oh, our, our, Photo would be so It'd badass. Be, yeah, I agree. We'd be so thug life. It'd be incredible. Would. Please, please, please be good to yourself. Stay in the present and eat your vegetables. That's a little, that's a little CS, a CZ <laughs> trademark what, what? right Remix. there. <laughs> <laughs>